0: Welcome once again to another episode of Demand Gen Radio, the one program that brings you all the latest methods and technologies for driving growth and increasing demand. With the voice of Demand Gen, David Lewis. All right, welcome everybody to another episode of Demand Gen Radio. This is the first episode of 2020. I don't know, I guess that makes it season three for us, because we are entering uh, three and a half years of doing the podcast. And hey, you may have listened to something else this year, but we are officially recording this uh, after the first of the year. It's the eighth, and I am joined today by Sabrina Killian. And if you don't know Sabrina Killian, you're going to get to know her pretty well. I know her very well. She is our head of marketing operations. So without further ado, Sabrina, thank you for joining me on the program, our first podcast together.
1: I know, pretty exciting. Thanks, David. Longtime listener, first time participant. So pretty exciting.
0: She she's not only a longtime listener, but <laughs> she's been talked about in the podcast. Um, many of you know <laughs> who listen to the program. We have Rob Bonhamon, uh, who's our VP of Sales, and Rob and I talk a lot about sales and marketing alignment and how demand gen does demand gen. And that was really the catalyst for getting Sabrina because, right, we're all talking about alignment, and I thought we really need to get Sabrina on the program. For two reasons. One, I want you to hear her perspective, but I also want you to hear the initiatives that she works on and what we do here at Demand Gen from a marketing operations perspective. And we have some pretty big news for you in terms of how we're going to unveil how Demand Gen does Demand Gen. but I'm going to leave that for a little later in the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And hey, for those of you who are getting into podcasting, I know a lot of you reach out to me and talk about equipment and that you're starting a podcast this year. I want you to know that, you know, to make sure that your experience listening to the podcast was really good, we we did what you guys should do and that is when you have guests or if you're the host, make sure you invest in good equipment. So we got a microphone, we got a camera which we'll touch on later for Sabrina, we got some lighting. Uh, and we made sure that she's got acoustically what she needs to deliver some really good content for you. So Sabrina, I, I will say again, you you sound great, and thanks for getting everything set up. Uh, yeah. and she's remote. she's she's out in kansas and and she's one of our remote team members. I think a lot of you have remote people more and more these days. And so, Sabrina, can we start with a little bit of your origin story? I think you know we'll we'll dive deep into your initiatives, what you did in 2019 here at Demand Gen and what we're working on this year. But I always think it's nice to have marketing operations folks like you um, talk a little about how you landed in, in marketing operations. And and we'll talk about your journey here at Demand Gen. So where did things begin? Um,
1: Sure. Um, so my journey really began on the creative side, um, if you would believe that, and um, really in public relations, and then to copywriting and editing. And Really my journey to operations just was by sure fortune of working with some really good managers and bosses who mentored me throughout my career and challenged me to, you know, take on projects that maybe didn't exactly have my skill set and challenge me there. Um also challenged me to learn new disciplines of um, marketing and both sales. And so that was really kind of the evolution of my career into operations. And before you knew it, you know, the marketing operations and sales operations roles started to kind of come to fruition, you know, at organizations. And, you know, because of those managers and, you know, the skills that they helped me learn over those years, I had the skill sets for those roles when they came about, and there you go. And then I was just a problem solver, and that's what I really like to do. I love systems and data and, and helping people fix problems and, and resolve different business challenges. So that's what's kept me in operations all these years.
0: That's awesome. And I and I said I I don't believe you because, to me, <laughs> you show up as a marketing operations leader and and practitioner there and so for me to think like one day you were in creative and content is I know it's a different persona that I have for you and and we haven't really worked much in that capacity but it's it's admirable because when I see you engage with us on the projects that we do and how detail oriented you are and methodical you are, in your systems and technology. I mean, maybe that came from how detailed you were in copywriting and grammar and punctuation, those things. So maybe they did transcend from one skill area to another, but I, I've just mad respect for you in terms of how you approach our marketing operations initiatives and the work that you do there and it is it's surprising me to think that you came from from creative but (laughs) i'm glad you've you've uh made the shift and and evolved yeah yeah
1: and I, i think you like you said i think there is a little bit of a parallel there to the operations you know because writing and and editing it's very detail oriented so i guess um those managers that really helped propel me into operations over the years um saw that and and recognized that as well and said, you know, I think she'll be good at that. So...
0: Well, it is it is great to have you here. It's been several years on the team and you've done tremendous work, which we'll get into behind the scenes, you know, stuff that people don't necessarily right. see that we do in marketing, but also the the stuff that our clients and prospects and, and the community interact with and you've played such a big role there. I I know a lot of people say this, you know, they say, How big is your team at Demand Gen? And they have this perception, Sabrina, that we have this gigantic marketing team. And I think the thing that people need to hear is like, we have a very small yeah. i think i think we've maxed at like five or six at times and those have been through a couple interns yeah. but our, our core we team, all wear a
1: lot of hats we, yeah on
0: the marketing team for sure and you guys you guys do a phenomenal job so good to have you on the program uh let's let's talk about life at demand gen for you specifically in 2019 you undertook some major <sighs> projects that i want to go into which one do you want to start with Wait, where what's your pick
1: well, let's probably talk about the biggest one that we've we really just kind of finalized at the end of the year, and it was a good shift. Um, one that I wasn't quite expecting, maybe, David. You are um, no doubt then you know. talking
0: about the migration. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, so, let's talk about the migration.
0: All right. Well, the the reason, everybody, I, I think we're <laughs> laughing, which, thank God, we can laugh about this now, is... right. All right, so, so full disclosure, when we started the company in 2007, the only real marketing automation system that existed at that time was Eloqua, and that was really what the company was founded upon, was helping people with the use and adoption of marketing automation and CRM. And at that time, it really meant Eloqua and Salesforce. And over a decade plus, we've never really woken up one day and said, we need to change marketing automation systems. Until mm-hmm. one day I did wake up <laughs> and and surprise the shit out of Sabrina and, and yeah. played like the classic CEO that walks into a meeting and says, Hey, we're uh we need to migrate to Marketo.
1: Actually, David, I think you're it it really the first was you sent me um a glip text and um, was that it, <laughs> Yeah, you said, oh, How many contacts do I need? And mm. I said what? What is he working on?
0: (laughs) Yeah, your spidey (laughs) senses went up. I I did. I asked, what's the size of our database? Right. Um, So I want to be very transparent to everyone on the podcast because some of you use Pardot, some of you use HubSpot, some of you use Eloqua, and of course, some of you use Marketo.
1: Whatever's best for your business.
0: Whatever is right for your business. And the right tool for us at this stage of our business is Marketo. And if you want to reach out and talk to me or even Sabrina about that, feel free. We can discuss that. But it's both for strategic reasons as well as operational reasons. And mm-hmm. I felt like a real shitbag, Sabrina. I, I really felt like I surprised you. Um, as you know, I called you and I said, look, that that was not my finest day and and finest form of communication. And we worked through it. And right. um, we are where we are today. And I'm, I'm very glad that we... Did what we did, and, and I just want to thank you publicly for being a great team member and and getting on board with that, even though it came as a at a bad time and as a surprise, <laughs> and getting us to where we are in really record time. I mean, the migration was right. phenomenal, but I think for yeah. everyone listening, if we could, because you went through a pretty massive migration, right? We were on a platform for over 10 years. Right. Um, I'd like for you to share just how you approached it and dissect that for a bit so that if, in case anyone else on the program needs to approach a migration someday, you can say, hey, here's how I, here's how I did it and, and some advice you would share and maybe some lessons.
1: Yeah. Um, well, you know, I won't dive into all of the details because, um, you know, we could probably take up several podcasts on migrations alone and ours. But, you know, where we really started after the initial shock wore off <laughs> is um, I really looked at our current Eloqua system and um, basically did an inventory of what we needed to migrate over. So what were the programs, what were the landing pages, the forms, all of... the assets that we needed to move over to our new system, um, which, as you mentioned, is Marketo. Um, After doing that, really sat down with our marketing folks, the rest of the team, and some sales, and just kind of talked about... What were going to be our requirements for the new MA and really defined out those requirements, which then with the inventory and the requirements really helped us structure a project plan for that migration and implementation. And so, since we were migrating and not necessarily implementing an MA for the first time, where we really started was with all of those assets Mm -hmm. that we needed to migrate over. So, it was our landing pages, our web forms, our nurtures. Any type of lists or other assets like imagery and things like that, um, that started the migration over from eloqua to marketo um during that time though we were having um the marketing team members um get trained on the new system because they were familiar with you know our old tool but needed to be ready once we were officially migrated and implemented to start using marketo so while they're training you know um Myself and some others on our services team, since we had a very tight timeline for this migration, we worked on getting all of those assets built. And Marketo, those also include things like all of our landing page and email templates, right? right? Our preference center, which is huge, right? Yeah. I can't go start sending emails out of my new system if I don't have my preference center ready. Yeah. Um, so all of those key elements are part of the, just the migration piece. And then you also have the full implementation piece of the MA as well. And in our, you know, is Marketo. And so, you know, it's, Setting up, getting all of our contacts database into Marketo, setting up our integration with our CRM, which, if we're being transparent, is Salesforce. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, setting up our new lead scoring models. We also kind of took that opportunity, you know, with the shift and the migration for the MA to do our overhaul of our own nurtures. Right. So um, that was actually kind of a nice outcome of the migration as well, is that it gave us a chance to say, okay, let's not just move those over from Eloqua. Let's do a complete refresh and new content, new messaging, new story. So that was really nice. And then as well, you know, kind of the last few pieces of that implementation and then, are you know all of the configuration, the domains, um, all of the integrations that we have. So all those other third-party systems that need to work with Marketo as well.
0: And when you approach this, maybe again, since we're sharing how DemandGen does DemandGen, what mm-hmm. what system did you use from a project management standpoint to capture these inventories and list out all the key tasks for you and the team?
1: We actually used in terms of like the project plan and inventory, Smartsheets. Okay. So I'm not sure if many have used that tool. Um some might use Google Docs instead of Smartsheets. Um but we use
0: smart sheets. And we also use Asana for a lot of our project management that we do in marketing yeah. as well. So we, we grab the right tool for the right job. And it was really impressive to see, again, you you're hearing Sabrina's persona, which I think is good both if you're in marketing operations that to, to adopt a lot of these skills and traits that she she has, and then also, if you're not in marketing operations, to really understand the persona as you hire for folks, because she's so detail-oriented that to do a project like we did in such time, that inventory and planning of each of our forms and what needs to change and cut over is is critical and it's, mm-hmm. it's this is not an easy project a migration and when our clients come to us and say hey we're thinking of changing marketing automation systems we always make sure that they don't throw the baby out with the bathwater and and you know decide to make a change because something's you know in the air about the MA system is it really the right tool uh for them and you you brought up some some big things not only is it time uh, and effort and cost to do a migration, but there was training involved and in retraining right. the, the team. And while you ha- have had experience with Marketo in the past, other members of the marketing team hadn't, so they needed to to ramp up um, quickly. Of course, we can always rely on our own team where we've got, you know, the best people on the planet knowledgeable with all these tools, but like any company, we don't really tap into our services team for our own uh, needs. We, we rely on our own marketing team, so you guys had to ramp Quickly, and Marketo's evolved quite a bit since um, the last time you used it. We also use a ton of tech, which we'll 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 talk about in our, our series together. Um, right. We use Uberflip, and we use um, Typeform, and we can get into some of the other tools. And you had to do redo the integrations with those as well. So a lot to do. I remember yeah. a night that I know that you probably didn't sleep that night. Cause all I kept seeing were all these form submissions coming in, like from like 11 PM to like early wee hours. And I'm like, Oh, she's doing her final QA and going yeah. through all the different forms at, at that point.
1: I like to switch over the forms, you know, on those non-office hours. So, um, late nights are involved when you're, you're doing those online form switches, but and, and, you know, that's kind of part of the persona again is, um, you know, trying to do it at those off periods but I know I don't have much traffic on our sites.
0: So, and I watched you, you were testing not only where, you know, if, if someone clicked through and the UTM parameters, the campaign attribution needed to get captured, but you were tracking to make sure that the field data went into Marketo in the right place and that it synced over to the CRM the right way and that if field values were changed in the CRM they'd be properly updated in Marketo and do, just doing all that QA and and user acceptance right. testing was significant. Like you said, we we don't use an out of the box subscription center. We we do what we do for a lot of our clients is
1: we, yeah, we pimp is out a really
0: nice custom one, and, mm-hmm. and the work they're involved is you know it's it's extensive, but it's it's the right thing to do in today's day of of privacy and how you make your subscription approachable. I I can't get over Sabrina the number of people who send me spam and I go to unsubscribe and you click the link and it's like you're now unsubscribed there was what if i didn't want to globally unsubscribe what if i wanted to just dumb it down to some other type of notifications and and we have that layer of granularity that you've provided right. to people which is which is awesome
1: i know that is something i you know continually see too and even with some large companies that you're you're not expecting to just only have the function to either get their email every day or unsubscribe you know, I'm like you, sometimes I just maybe want to choose more of that preference of, I only want to get one to two emails a week or a month. Um, And not having that ability um, is is really limiting for your audience. And so having those custom preference centers, I think today is key.
0: Yeah. By the way, sidebar, because you mentioned email throttling. For those of you that do use Eliqua um we completed an enhancement a product that we have available that enables you to set and configure how many emails individuals or groups get in a period of time. So if that is something that you struggle with and need, and like I said, you have Eloqua, um, please reach out. We are working on the version for Marketo as well, but we completed the version of Eloqua, which was a request from one of our clients. So we have that, it's called the email governor. Be happy to walk you through it. So if you wanna follow up, please do. So Sabrina, one of the episodes that I did recently with Naomi Liu uh, from EFI was on migration. So I'm gonna have us move to some of the other big projects that, that you covered. And for those of you That wanted to hear more about planning and executing a a migration, a pretty substantial one, go and listen to that episode with Naomi. I actually found out recently that it was considered one of the top 10 podcasts of 2019, number five on that top 10 list. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, it was very cool. So be sure to listen to that. It's a couple episodes back from from this one. Um, Let's talk about the data project uh, that you've been working on because you're a big fan of data hygiene for all the right Mm -hmm. reasons. And I want to outline some of it. you outlined some of those reasons, but um, 2019 was also a year of, of cleaning up our data. Can you can you share what what was the genesis of that? Why did why did we do some housekeeping around our data and what was involved there?
1: Well, um, you know, as you had mentioned, our database systems had been around since 2007, and there really wasn't anyone in place that was really managing the data over that whole you know decade or more of time. And the databases and um, any of us and all those listeners out there, we know how dirty our databases can get in just a short amount of time and how much churn there is on our databases, even in just a year's time. And so... Having inherited, you know, a database that had been in place and and not um, had a lot of data hygiene over the previous decade, um, you know, it was an opportunity for me to come in um, and especially with, you know, new sales coming in at the same time as I was to really give us a a cleaner database to work with. And so that was kind of the catalyst of, you know, getting that project, um, you know, into place for the marketing team and really for the whole organization, because not only were we cleaning up the MA database, but we also cleaned up the CRM database at the mm-hmm. same time, which all of our departments use and is really kind of that source of truth for all of us throughout the organization. So, so
0: peel that back. What did what did we actually clean up and what do we do to the, the database?
1: Yeah, so um, we started with the LEADS database because, um, you know, marketing lives and briefs there a lot. So we started there. Um, and as far as the LEADS cleanup went... Um, we really cleaned out leads that had become disqualified and based on their disqualified reason, um, those were a lot of the trash that had come in over time, hard bounces, so most likely really bad emails that we had been given um, or acquired somehow through forms, other means. Um also people who had left company. So we started there and in addition to cleaning out the leads, the ones that remained um, in the database, we also cleaned up their activity and their campaign memberships. For a long time, our marketing team had been sending, um, well, through the lifetime of the database, had been sending a lot of the sent information um, as both activities and as campaign membership to our CRM system, Salesforce. Mm Um so that created a lot of data storage issues actually. In fact, you know, I think our campaign members was over 50% of our data storage in our database.
0: So just the the entries of campaign member activity yeah. and data. So let me let me just chime in here and say because it's a unique experience, a company of our size, right? When I get finance coming to me and saying, hey, are we going to renew this with Salesforce mm-hmm. just to let everybody know? and I, I think some, oftentimes CRM is owned by IT or in other departments. Right. So we have to, we, every company has to pay Salesforce for the amount of data that you are mm-hmm. storing. And so what Sabrina is saying is not just lead contact and account records, but all the right. metadata- From Mm -hmm. all the activity, every time an email is sent or opened or read, you can send and transmit all of this data from your marketing automation system and have all that digital body language shown as entries. And you can, of course, have people with all their campaign member data. Well, as more and more of that data is collected, Salesforce comes a knock in and says, you know what? You need to increase what you're spending on your data storage. Even though you're not adding any users, per se, although most of us do, you pay more for the data. So. You know, by Sabrina cleaning out the database, not only by taking what would be considered air quote lead records that, that have been dequeued and should be removed from the database for just good hygiene, but removing that metadata can lower your costs uh, right. and and certainly just just overall improve sometimes performance of the systems and the load times by not having to you know bring all that data onto the screen.
1: And you've got to decide what's important for you, right, in terms of the data that you're sending over from your MA to your CRM and and for the end users who are using that data. In our instance, you know, today, um, with our what was our Eloqua Insights and now is our Marketo Sales Insights integration into Salesforce, all of our users can see when an email is sent. So we didn't need to send that information necessarily as a campaign member and as an additional activity on those lead records. What we wanted to be sending um, as campaign memberships and as activities over was the actual engagement um, then that our, our end users could see in other areas of the platform. They can also see that under underneath the Marketo sales insights as well. But the engagement data is like the clicks, you know, the attended, the registers, the no-shows, like how they were actually engaging with the content. So not just showing that we, that marketing was basically doing an activity, right? We were then showing our end users how our our audience and our database of folks was engaging with what marketing is doing. Yeah. So you have to decide as an organization um, what's important for your end users to see and, and how they're going to use that data.
0: Love it. And and you not only did some of this work, let's call it manually using tool sets that you have and just... just you know, extracting data, but we used Mm -hmm. Ringlead and some other tools as well to help get our data not only cleaned up, but but keep it pristine. And so...
1: Right. Even like helping, you know, with areas of enriching data that we were missing or that needed to be cleansed, that just, um, that would give us more insights, you know, titles, things like that, uh, lead sources. Those are all opportunities to um, really get your data normalized.
0: And if any of you peeked up your ears earlier when Sabrina said, we were also addressing people who have left companies, there is... Technology these days that you can use to say you know go look at these records in my database, run them through a program, and say are they still Mm -hmm. there and flag a field value if they're not at the company they are, and then decide what you want to do. Do you want to create a new record or update their record? So look, all of us uh, in our careers are making moves, and in marketing, who we market to, you know, more than most. And so it's really important with a database that's going to decay at a very fast rate because we're we're marketing to marketers. We've got to Mm -hmm. keep that really updated and and make sure and and boy you can really plummet your sender scores if you're marketing to people who are right. no longer there your email
1: deliverability is definitely impacted yeah, so for sure.
0: I don't know if people realize that that even if you're doing things like soft bounces in addition to hard bounces that that can affect um, your score and, and sending ability when you when you receive lots of bounces that's in there that's that's not just a science and some systems are more susceptible than others at at, at, right. at dinging you for for not get landing in the in the inbox um, lead management uh, and, and this really comes to the migration lead management, another big project that you are always working on yeah um, no, it one never was, ends yeah <laughs> it, it, you, you are so right about that, and when Sabrina wrapped up the systems migration, part of her project plan was training the users, um, mm-hmm. you know, our salespeople and, and other folks in the company on these implementations. Here's what these new sections that we built out on the lead contact an account object and and teaching our sales team how to use Marketo Sales Insights and some of the other tools. And I love the training that you walked um, everybody through. And I always wonder, you know, is it is everybody as diligent as you were about making sure that, you know, this isn't just a migration of marketing's data and systems, but we've got to train salespeople and not and sales is not a static department, right? So you've got to come back right. and train the new members of the sales team and 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 such. I think I shared this with you, but I don't know if many people know this. You know the little flames in Marketo? Yeah. Do you know who drew those?
1: I think it was you. It wasn't was it?
0: yours truly. Yeah. Yeah. The, the the story behind that is my my friend worked on Marce- Marketo Sales Insights way back in like 2011 or 12, and he was he was coding up a release to get done, and he said, Dave, you know, you literally wrote the book on lead management and, and lead scoring, and what should I do here? Should I put a number here? Um, or should we do something else? And I said, no, you want to, you want to, you want to show something visually like flames would be great to show how engaged somebody is. And I showed him what we did inside Salesforce for our customers. And he goes, well, I'm a coder. I'm not a graphics artist. And I said, don't worry, I'll make you some flames. So there you go, (laughs) as you, as you knew, and they're still in the product today, which is pretty,
1: they are. And I don't know if, um, many of your listeners know this about you, David, but, um, I mean, you're a systems guy, you're, you're. It's kind of quote unquote, and don't take this the wrong way. I mean, but a little bit of a tech nerd. You like to get into the systems and tinker around and and play with new features and things. So if I probably run into any troubles with you, it's probably usually around a system.
0: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Well, let me me decode what she's saying is they have removed (laughs) more and more of my access to systems each and every year. And it normally starts like this. Um, hey Dave, you have <laughs> access to the GoDaddy Master account and responsible for all the domains and was wondering if and then I'm like, okay, what she's really saying is we need to turn off access and give that responsibility to me because I run marketing operations and I need to make sure all these domains renew. We we know a couple famous companies that forgot to renew their right. domains and had some pretty big outages and, and uh, Yeah. So I I appreciate how sensitive you are in stripping me of my responsibilities <laughs> and yet at the same time enabling me to to play in your sandbox and you know I really had fun with you at the end of uh, 2019, when we worked on the campaign attribution workshop for OpStars, oh, that was good. Yeah, for yeah. those of you who did not get a att- get a chance to attend that in person, Sabrina and I worked on a lot of the screenshots and the approach to explaining campaign attribution to all of you. And Sabrina, I would like to invite you and I to do that um, in 2020 together and do it online, so we can expose that to to more people. That was that was fun to work on. And but I, I I take the uh, I take it as a compliment what you're saying, and it's. <laughs> It's Good. interesting. You can you can take Dave out of marketing, but you can't take the marketer out of Dave. And yeah, right. I was, I've was i been coding since I was 11 years old. And I think one of the things for me that I love so much, my passion for all of this is that it, it feeds my desire to, you know, delve into technology and create things as well as my passion for, for marketing. So thank you for letting me be an extension of your team. And, and I do uh, sometimes, I'm sure, drive you crazy. Like, hey, we're changing marketing automation systems. That shouldn't be too difficult. <laughs>
1: No, it's all—it's always fun.
0: Yeah, it's—it's it's good stuff. Um, Sabrina is really, really good at attribution, and she's also created uh, with Tiffany and the team a, a wonderful marketing dashboard. And I offered that up on a podcast to show that to you guys and a number of you, like too many people reached out right before the holidays. So I've got a <laughs> list of people that I've been scheduling and, and walking them through that, which I, Sabrina, I don't know if I told you about, but that, that offer uh, was well received and, and people are curious to see that. Oh God. I would like to ask you a, a, a few, you know, personal questions about as we wrap up about your role in your job and, and just answer yeah. them as transparently. The first is, What's the hardest part? You know, if there's an aspect of the marketing operations role, or even just marketing operations at Demand Gen, um, what's the hardest part? And I'm asking this in the context of, you know, there's. I think marketing is getting harder and harder and harder, and Mm -hmm. more challenging and more complex. And I'm sure people listening in wonder: do they do they share those challenges and pain points or? You know, see the same hurdles that that you do. We're a small company, but we don't act right. like a small company when it comes to investment in in tech and and pushing the the limits. So, what uh, what for you is the more challenging aspect?
1: Yeah, I you know, there's probably a few, um, but probably the most challenging, like you kind of mentioned, is just keeping up because things are constantly changing in marketing. And so just when you think you have, you know, a system up and running, um, new features come out, new functions, you have a new user. So it's just constantly in flux. And so keeping up with, you know, the complexities of the systems or new business challenges or even changes to your models and methodologies in Mm -hmm. business and then trying to apply those across, you know, teams and Those systems and keeping up with that, um, I think, is a challenge that all of us, and especially all of the uh, marketing operations folks and even those marketing technology folks out there listening, you know, we're just constantly under that pressure of um, keeping up. And I mean, when I first started in marketing um, years ago, I mean, there wasn't that many tech tools in on my stack. Yeah. Um, and today, I mean, there's just endless possibilities. Yeah. And so um, it's also about, there's that pressure of making the right choices for your organization. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you're not, and and that's okay. And hopefully you learn though um, from that. So, and then take that into the next thing that you're doing. And so, you know, I think probably the hardest thing with not just marketing ops and technology, to. Um, you know, team members today, any marketer is is keeping up with the constant um, complexity and changes that are happening. So...
0: Keep it up and, and getting it done
1: and getting it done right because you're always constrained to by time and resources. Yeah. I don't care how big your team is. If even if you have a large team, you're probably doing a whole lot of marketing. Yeah. You know, for our team as well, it's not just our like demand gen marketing. We do projects and work with all of the different departments across our organization, um, helping them with different you know strategies or their own platforms or data. And so it's just keeping up and and not getting overwhelmed.
0: And so. Nice. Well, she didn't, she didn't bring up the challenge of working with sales. Um, Maybe maybe she's just being nice. I wasn't (laughs) sure. I I wanted to see where you would go, but I, I do want to let everybody know, like we practice what we preach. And at the same time, it's not easy to align Across departments, I don't mean from a culture perspective because we have phenomenal culture at DemandGen. Gen. Right. The challenge is is that we've we've talked about it. Rob and I talked about it on a podcast about you know you, you need to walk in each other's shoes, right? And mm-hmm. I mentioned that Sabrina did really great training in terms of when we did the rollout of Marketo, the UI in Salesforce, and what was now available to them and how to take advantage of those capabilities. Uh, and she's always training around our sales enablement tools. We meet every other week. We have a biweekly demand generation meeting, which is our sales and marketing team. We meet and we go over. And very often, there's a segment by Sabrina, which is a training, just a little training. Uh, And this Mm -hmm. last meeting, we talked about contact roles and how we need to use contact roles and the reason for doing that from both a uh, benefit of opportunity tracking, but also for install-based marketing purposes. So she's always sharing little nuggets of wisdom and coaching with our sales team. And um, you know that's that's how it's done. That's what that's what you have to do together. Is is constantly get together and have right. you know some some pod or some team that is um, training and, and leveling everybody up. And and you've you've even explained how campaign attribution works and and how we're able to. I mean we. Every single one of our opportunities that closed last year, we know the the source, we know the influence. Uh, mm-hmm. We we can look at our investments this year and know where to spend money and where not. I got to tell you, as a CEO, like I feel spoiled when Tiffany comes with our marketing budget and says, "Here's our investment plan for next year," because I know that there's a lot of science and precision to that. Except,
1: can I just can I just say something real quick on the sales and marketing alignment? For sure. Um, you know, that's always a challenge for all organizations. And um, I think, you know, there's as a challenge, I think the most important part of it for all of us is to keep working at it.
0: Well, so it's it, it is cats and dogs. It is is different personas and different
1: PC and Mac. You know, it's completely different personas. But it's just not to give up on that alignment because the only way that organizations are successful is if you have that alignment. And so you're going to have those disagreements. You're going to have those little battles. But just keep working at that alignment.
0: There, there's a reason. There's a cartoon in my book that says, you know, you don't follow up on any of the leads and the finger pointing back that, well, all your leads suck. You know, like the number of times right. we've all heard that and that is no way to align sales and, and marketing. In fact, some leads do suck. And I I think our lead yeah. scoring system of all the companies that I've certainly ever been part of, like we have honed and honed and continue to hone that thing. Like right. our false positive rate is near zero. And, and by the way, for those of you, like we have some... I'd love to, we we will show you guys stuff. I'm going to unveil to you what we're working on. But like, you know, we have alerts and bells and whistles and all kinds of stuff that goes off. You can't miss it. You can and And Sabrina (laughs) sometimes, you know, even though she runs marketing operations, if there's all quiet on the Western front and there's like a really hot, Opportunity. She will email the sales team and go. By the way, does anybody got this? Because it looks like it's still untouched. And I love that, right? especially when they're <laughs> on the road. And I'm like, way to go, marketing office, making sure that those SLAs are adhered to. It's awesome. Yeah. But uh, you guys will, you guys will see um, what we're doing. So here's the big news: we are Ooh. launching in 2020 a new channel of communication for all of you, a new way for you to learn about. All these powerful technologies and the methods for applying them to their business, and for the first time ever publicly, to let you know that we are launching Demand Gen TV. And yours truly, Woo-hoo. me and Sabrina, will be hosting a lot of segments on there, showing you how Demand Gen does Demand Gen. Who knows? Maybe we'll brand it as "Killing It with Killian." I don't know. We <laughs> we, we we have to come up with a cool brand for our segment. But right. here's here's the reason why um, this podcast has been success beyond any of my expectations i want to thank you guys for for doing that when i started three and a half years ago i was pretty much convinced that my mom and maybe my daughters would listen to a few episodes (laughs) and i didn't know who else but i knew i could count on them to at least listen to a couple and i just saw the metrics uh for the aggregate metrics for last year and i'm like really that many you know tens and thousands of people listen to the podcast and yet sabrina We can't show them anything, like all the things that you talked about. I would have loved to have shown them your smart sheets, project plan with all of the tasks and everything that you did and shown, we're talking about lead scoring, campaign attribution, activity data, why not show it? So because this podcast has been so well received and yet it doesn't provide a, a way for us to teach you and show you. That's why we are mm-hmm. launching Demand Gen TV. So it is coming to LinkedIn and YouTube soon. We're going to st- start recording episodes. It's kind of like when Disney Plus launched. We had plenty <laughs> of content all ready to go, and we want to make sure that we populate some content for you. Right. So uh, expect to... I wouldn't say hear a lot more from Sabrina, but see a lot more. And that was the reason that we got her the camera, so that we can do some show and tell for you guys. So I look forward to the launch of Demand Gen TV. Glad we could announce it right here at the start of the year. I've been hinting at it on some podcasts and certainly um, talking about it because I can't keep a secret, for one. But the other thing is that uh, I'm just really, really excited to, to adopt this new medium to You know, do do what our mission is: make marketing heroes and and teach people these methods and technologies. Um, Twenty twenty, Sabrina, what are what are the big rocks for you? The big projects that are coming up that you've got on your docket uh, to launch. Mm -hmm. Let's just hit those at a a high point, and and then we'll be able to show people what we're doing.
1: Yeah, well, um, so we are really kind of launching a new ABM program internally. And so there will be that Getting into place as well as some technology around that. So, I'll be re implementing Engageo for us there as well as a new um, sales enablement tool um, to be determined. But, you know, there'll be some show and tell, I'm sure, around that as well. Um, So, right now, you know, we're kind of in the planning phase of that team structure for ABM um, and getting everything planned out. Um, But again, there'll be lots of show and tell, I'm sure, on all of this stuff. For sure. I've, I've got some other pieces of tech that I'll be implementing um, in this first quarter of the year. So I'll be implementing a new uh, webinar platform. Um, I'm sure it's okay for me yeah. to be transparent Absolutely. and safe. So, okay, great. So the new webinar platform I'll be implementing is On24. And so we'll do some show and tell around that as well. And then um, another one of our alliance partners um, for direct mail and swag that I'll be implementing this year is C- Doso for our teams. Um, and I think I mentioned um, re-implementing Engageo for us based on our new ABM strategy um, and then this tech tool. So those are the big tech projects that I have going. Other than that, um, we we're also kind of working on an internal installed base customer data stewardship kind right. of project, project across the yeah. organization. So, get, not only getting you know our databases cleaned up in terms of objects and fields and the data itself, but also determining. Who are the responsible roles for data throughout the departments and what are they responsible for? So that'll be a big undertaking and, and goes across all the different departments that use our databases at Demand Gen. And then, man, thinking you know probably towards the end of the year i know um, my team will probably be taking on some big wordpress overhauls so for all of our for all of our
0: web properties yeah. so for, a lot for of for big everyone, projects this year i know a lot of you use wordpress uh, as well as adobe experience manager other tools in in the case of WordPress, where are with the Gutenberg interface, we our templates are way outdated and we're not able yeah. to use the platform. So we've got to do a, a website overhaul. And we have a number of web properties. Right. So yeah, um, let's hit that again. So ABM, you said the the implementation of Engageo. We we did yeah. I- implementation of Engageo years ago, so we could get our hands dirty when John was launching the business. Um, mm-hmm. I've been an advisor to John, and and we have a close partnership with Engageo. And we kind of got ahead of ourselves. We really weren't ready to embrace on an ABM journey, not only because of time and effort, um, but we needed to get some other tools and, and things in place and commit some budget to do an ABM. And so right. this is the year that we are going forward with that. And so we're doing the re-implementation. You heard Sabrina mention sales tech. And again, we're going to be really transparent on the program. I, I want to disclose, like a lot of tech we don't pay for, like because of our relationships right. with our partners, cost is not a factor for us. Our cost is our time and effort. I'm very lucky that way. Yeah, you, 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 you know, you like Santa comes every day, practically for you which is right. which is not always a gift right because you've got a, so you, much
1: tech is thrown at us that i have to tell some organizations no yeah, you know like, it's, it's sometimes you, it's no, just not you. the right fit for us yeah. so
0: so i just want to make sure that what you're hearing is like we're not telling you these are the tools that you should go use we can help you I, that's one, one of the things we do with our clients is help them select their martech stack and and assess it and, and figure it out so like when it comes what to sales right
1: for us might not be right for you well so
0: well said Um, Sales tech, we're going to look at outreach and sales loft, two systems that the majority of our clients use for their SDR teams or other teams. Um, we don't know if it's necessarily right for us. We don't have a huge sales team, but we feel the need to look at these tools and um, mm-hmm. put some of them in place because when you're doing ABM and when you're sequencing plays, you need tools to help you manage that and, and achieve that. So we've reached out to uh, two of the leaders in that space and, and doing our due diligence. And we'll take you guys on the journey uh, with us in, in terms of what we select and and how that is going and our learnings there. Um, Sabrina also mentioned on. 24. We have a great partnership with Lou and the, and the team over there, and um, because of our passion for video and and content, we're we're working mm-hmm. with those guys, and they'll be doing our our webinars uh, as our platform going forward. And then you also heard Sendosa. We used PFL for years, and we we love the guys at at, at PFL and and like their platform, but there's some things that that motivated us to switch to Sendosa uh mm-hmm. Sendoso and and um we've been deploying that with with great success and then you heard her yeah. also talk about our data management in terms of our customer data because we're doing more install-based marketing and then the WordPress overhaul so busy busy team congratulations on a great year Sabrina as, Thank as you. you know we 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 hit our goals as a company and we yeah it, we surpassed our new logo goal and that doesn't that's not owned by sales that's owned by the entire you know, go to marketing, right? Alliances and marketing mm-hmm. and sales, and you guys work together so well. So, congrats to you, and thanks for all the hard work. And um, I'm not going to apologize anymore for for you know the uh, the move. But I will always take accountability for how I do that, and I and I think for those of you listening and and appreciate my transparency and, and vulnerability there. Like I was not a good leader at that time, and and when you've got a marketing operations person as talented as Sabrina, and you drop a big bomb on them, that is not the way to do it. So I know a lot of you are thinking about migrations to. Different technologies and tools, right. and just think about the angst that it might create for your team, and and do better than Dave did uh, when you when you introduce those initiatives, and and start with the why, and not asking how many contacts are in the database. <laughs>
1: well, and for people on my end, you know, if you if you are shocked or and or coming up on that, you know, there's always a business reason, right? And you've got to trust that the leaders that are making those decisions are making the right decision, and and do your best job to implement that decision and make it successful.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for for sharing that. Well, that's going to do it for our first episode. Your first podcast I know. uh, Exciting. Yeah. Thank you for having me. You sound terrific, and I appreciate everything that you shared, and I really look forward to us doing our episodes together on DemandGen TV. For all of you, stay tuned on that. (laughs) And again, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. I hope 2019 was a good year for you. But you know what? It's the beginning of the year, and make this your best career year ever. Um, There's so much exciting things happening in the world in terms of digital transformation and i know it is daunting uh, especially if you're walking yeah. in the shoes of a sabrina right the the opportunity is met with tremendous challenge uh, in terms of just things you need to learn and do and find time to achieve and you can't do yeah. it all so um but it's it's exciting and it's it's rewarding to learn and as i say get sweaty at work right and, and try these right. new things it's, it's cool Well, hey, you know what? I'm going to let you do. I'm going to I'm going to let you get to your projects because I know you're you got you got a lot on your plate. Yeah, a lot. But thank you. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for everybody tuning in. We will catch you on the next episode. Take care. Thank you.